welcome back to Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets. It's the Mayo Media Net and the big dude, John Legazer. What's up, yo? You missed me or did you miss me? MLB 2023 right around the corner. It is my favorite time of the year. Welcome, everybody. Let's get it done. We have so much work to do and so little time to do it. All right, let me put on a clinic first before I ask you to do all that internet stuff like rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you, Patty Mayo, for bringing this baseball stuff to us once again. We're going to be doing point leagues today. Um, yeah, I just don't think they get enough love, and I love it. I, I actually started playing point leagues and only moved into Roto because that's where, like, the high stakes action is and most of the analysis, which I get because it's standardized. But, man, point leagues are really a lot of fun, and I don't like to push them to the side or have people push them to the side. I, again, I just don't think they get enough love where every week really matters. Again, I also think the hitting analysis in particular is more accurate, I meaning it's in line with the type of work that we're trying to do, right? Like find good hitters that do good things. And what I mean, especially in this age of strikeouts that we're going through right now is patience and guys that get on base where, I don't know, if you're like a slugger that walks in Roto, it doesn't really do anything, especially if they don't steal bases. Yes, they could score a run, but that's not what you drafted them for. And there's no real reward for that plate skill, right? That's a legit plate skill. Pitchers avoiding your guy because he's such a beast, but you don't get a reward for that. Where in point leagues, the walk is literally equal to the hit, and that's probably the best place to look. I know it's intuitive, a little bit one, two, three, but still, because most rankings and analysis is geared towards Roto, you're kind of looking for disparity in OBP because I don't think ADP and rankings for head-to-head -head really really keep up and all right we'll get right down to it which is gonna be a ton of info this should be a lot of fun um still getting off being sick if you can believe this it's like a running theme i mean like son of a four-year-old boy and coming off of you know everyone being bubbled for two years the second we let him out into the wild oh my god we are like a walking petri dish I've, ne I've never been sicker in my entire life really seriously this strep hit us worse than covid so anyway show must go on let's do the thing let's start at the catcher position man i don't know <laughs> see if we can get through this in a half hour we got again rate review and subscribe man again patty mail we love you so much and <laughs> i can't believe i'm looking at all this information ridiculous all right here we go we're going to call this one the sheet right so the show is just a sheet i'm going to bust out my growing player spreadsheet which starts in the off season which you know i'm adding columns and stuff and splits and all these kind of cool things and people Dig it. So let's do it because I find that's the best way to find the differences when you're kind of looking at the sheet all at once. Catch a position, of course, right at the top, JTR, where it belongs. I'm dinging Varsho because of the low OBP. Will Smith, legit, legit C1 possibility. He might even be my C1 outright in point league. So there's one of those spots where you get the mashing and you get the OBP. You don't really need the steals. That was the thing I meant in when I was bashing Roto, you know, like, right, let's bash some 5 by 5s Steals don't, I'd say they don't matter, but they're 20% of the offensive game in 5 by 5 and that just shouldn't matter. And then again, when you're talking about walking, not, it does not matter. It's terrible, right? So uh, a speedster, it can get on the same way your slugger can, but add exponentially right his value by stealing bases so whatever forget that stuff and guys that really get boost purely from speed that's gonna be another running theme the guys you could usually get away from but they're still up there in the ranks let someone else have varsho you could worry i know blue jays offense is good but you could have it give me smith give me the basket now sal perez on the other hand somebody might think of as being a kind of pointly guy 
I think he might be getting long in the tooth. I think it might be over for Sal Perez. Listen, I love him, and he's awesome, but known to be a low OBP guy as well. I'd be getting off of Sal Perez, going with the youngster. I mean, either anybody in the next clump is really where I am, and it depends on your style of drafting. A lot of these guys are pretty similar, so let's get to the names. It's Rutschman, Kirk, Wilson, Contreras, William Contreras. I'm going to be dealing with that all season. And my favorite, Tyler Stevenson. All of them put up at least a 350 OBP, which I think you can make as a pretty solid benchmark, right? That feels like a pretty good spot to base all of your offense off of. So, catcher, it's probably going to look like standard ADP most of the ways, but I'm bumping Varsho. Even if I think I like him, where he's going to go, I'm not willing to go get it. The premium I would pay is Smith. I wouldn't pay the premium for Real Muto. Rutschman depends on the room. I do think he's, you know, a 550 plate appearance type of guy, which is determinative for catchers. Kirk, on-base guy, but can be splitting with Danny Jansen, who's also an OBP guy. So that's the reason I've been off of Kirk. I feel like they're going to 50-50 split. So if I want the middle tier, I'm going with Wilson Contreras. That's Cardinals. Right, former Cub, away from Melendez, like I mentioned, who I think is being overdrafted in the first place in point leagues. Then to William Contreras and my favorite, Tyler Stevenson, another running theme. I want to hit in Great America Ballpark, right? Enough said. So that's probably it for the catcher thing. Again, we have a ton to do, but that's pretty much it. So the guys getting in a boost are the guys that we mentioned. Remember, Rutschman holds a value. Kirk gets a boost, but a split for PA. Contreras and Contreras are both OBP guys. Tyler Stevenson going the latest, highest potential OBP. He might also play first and DH on a very bad Reds team. So, again, plate appearances, plate appearances, plate appearances, plus OBP. Disparity of ADP. Give me Tyler Stevenson. He's my favorite. So, that's a little bit of, like, the formula, right? The formulaic approach that we're going to go. All right, so we're going to try and do all these positions. I think between each break, I'm going to have to get some hot liquid. So, excuse me one second. Yeah, I mean, I'm a coffee guy. I just go to tell you, I love coffee. I haven't had a sip of coffee in like eight days. I'm just drinking scalding hot tea. You see me drinking tea, I don't feel good. Right? When you see me drinking my cold brews, like things are going, things are going as planned. All right, let's pop up into the first base. Fly Guerrero. They're talking about the knee. I'm not worried. I think average and OBP were a bit lower than they will be this year. I know I've been known as like this anti-Vlad guy. He is excellent. You can get with him. I would prefer, however, Freddie Freeman. I think he's more of the the track record there for the OBP. About 407 OBP, 117 runs, 100 ribbies for Freddie Freeman, right? You get points for all of those things. So we know the ceiling on Vlad is tremendous. I think Vlad has a higher ceiling than Freddie Freeman. But I think Freddie Freeman has one of the highest floors in the entire game. Like, I quite literally think we could back that. You know, Freeman has an argument for him to be like a top three or five hitter. And if it wasn't for the way starting pitching we're not going to do pitching today but the thing you need to know about pitching is i focus so much on obp for hitting because i don't want any hitters on my bench because i feel like i'm good at drafting pitching i'm going to load my bench with legitimate rotational pieces and take advantage of the true edge in head-to-head, which is getting two start weeks right so like there there's one true unfair edge and all of a sudden have made the playoffs no it's when you're going up against two starts. It's just not fair. But that's what it is. And you can go cry and not play. The door is right over there. But, you know, in this game of ours. So the best way to defeat that and not have to chase garbage two stars is to put your offense in a position where you're not rotating it. 
because they're all solid floor OBP guys. And the pitching becomes, generally it's five starters, two relievers. Generally you have like seven, eight, or nine guys literally. And you're pushing two starters and playing matchups. You know, I've had a guy like Logan Gilbert on my keeper team that last year was one of the things I covered in my analysis of him. Third of his starts are were Houston, Toronto, the Yankees, and he wasn't great in those starts. No one is. So it opens up the door for you to not have to feel pressured to apply that draft capital again. Because I think not say you could wait on hitting, but depending on where the guy that we like is, you wait and go get him there. So let's do the first base thing. Hopefully tie a little bit of strategy. And of course, you know me, man, the one man band. Then it's Pete Alonso, who I absolutely love. The OBP a bit low because the walk rate right is not fantastic, but Alonso is the goat. Can't go wrong with him. I mean, I think Goldschmidt, again, I don't ever want to be like bashing Goldschmidt, but I feel like he kind of outperformed a little bit. And I think what in the second half, what we saw from him is what you get, except with the 12% walk rate in point leagues, he's always going to be awesome. Olsen is the, probably the guy that you highlight to take a step down because the disciplinary basket isn't nearly as good. You know, he's the one guy to put up the plus 24% K rate, and we know that one could get worse. I do like Olsen, and I think he'll benefit as far as average goes from the shift, but if it, even if the 240 average gets to 260 or something like that, I just don't think he's that guy. Next up are the guys where we want to be. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think this is like the lesson. Right? Hopefully in each position, maybe we get a good lesson going. So the lesson for first base, I'm going to have to get going. There's so much to do is... Find the pockets, and again, comparing it to Roto. So in Roto, I have felt like this next wave, Abreu, Pascantino, Nate Lowe, Reese Hoskins, CJ Cron, Christian Walker, Andrew Vaughn, maybe even to a lesser extent, Ty France, are all so, so comparable that you just push it back, push it back, push it back. At least, again, that's my work. So when you make a determination, you want to make sure you battle test that, like Jeff Erickson says, in the draft room. I've determined that I can get this very you know, similar production, projection-wise, my own stuff, later on, so I'm pushing first base back. However, not all on base, right, averages are the same. So, Jose Abreu and Pascantino have, like, a legit, elite, elite disciplinary baskets, contact, walking, K rates that are crazy. Pascantino walks more than he strikes out, you know, and Abreu has, like, a 5%, 6%, 7% his walk. Those guys you definitely highlight. Doesn't mean you got to pay the premium. But there is a step back. Then I really think you want to get with low. With, again, right on rattled off of like four, five, six guys tier. Low is the last of the OBP guys. Because when you go Hoskins, Chrome, Walker, Vaughn, you're looking at 330 below potentially. Mountcastle even worse. You get a spike back up for France, who I do like and is probably my true value. Though I don't know if I want to push back that far. So for first base... Freeman all the way to the top of the line. Then it's Goldschmidt. Probably away from Olsen. Get him in Roto, best ball, because he's a spike player. And Abreu Pascatino is really where I want to be. Those are the guys I really want to come back with. Especially Abreu is getting uh, knocked a bunch in this offseason. I've usually been the guy doing it. But listen, I'm doing a ton of detailed work that you could get in my rankings. I waited this many minutes, you know, to shill it. I'm not trying to sell my own stuff, but if you're into the really detailed player stuff that I do, I did my best you know, bull or bear case, sometimes both, because I'm not, I'm just arguing with myself in these things. On sharper.me, check me out on Twitter at John Legazen, it has all the links and stuff. It's $9.99, but it's the entire year, I'll be updating the entire season with, like, waiver stuff. It's gonna be awesome, of course. You know, as always, and it's at, like, 40,000 words worth of write-ups, but going with the microscope, what I learned with Abreu is 
you know, he put up the same amount of pulled full fly balls and line drives as last year, but just didn't get the production on it. Houston not only has the Crawford boxes there, so so I'm not saying people, some people are like, well, we need him to become this major pull hitter. I'm not. We need the exact hitter that we got. He just, if he didn't pull the split on his fly ball line drives, then you're not going to get it. I think it was off by, he might have even had more barrels this last year that he had half the home runs that he did the year before. 30 home runs two years ago, 15 home runs this last year. But all the pull metrics were good. So Abreu is really the guy I'm looking for because he's also, <laughs> I mean, if there is not a guy who should be the Vegas favorite, well, it's time some betting to be the leader, league leader on like ribbies, it's Jose Abreu. And if there's like a runs plus ribbies thing. So give me Abreu, give me Pascantino. The counting staff of Pascantino not as good. So you have, we'll definitely want to have Abreu up top, regardless of what you think of Pascantino's stuff. Nate Lowe, I also really like. I covered him too. He's made it a conscientious effort to pull the ball. He pulled, I think he pulled more fly ball line drives. Let's go show you how detailed the work is. I hope it's worth it. You know, the reviews have been great. He pulled more fly ball line drives in the second half of last year. People, where's Nate Lowe's? This crazy anomalous power. I want to know if it's anomalous. You saying it is because you're looking at a fangrass page? Not enough for me, right? That's not how we determine this thing. It's not team Umizumi. You can't go circle, square, triangle. Circle, square. That's not how we do these things, right? It's nice. Sometimes it works, but, you know, correlation, not causation, people. So I think that's, we did a pretty good job with first base. If not, listen, you're not going to be killed, but then like Cron, Walker, Vaughn, those guys are all the same. I would go with tie france all right so that's the first two positions let me take just a quick break and hopefully i earned it you know banging a tambourine and the drum with harmonica and stuff doing a one-man band thing to earn that rate review and subscribe because it really really does matter and i think you know if we want this show all the way through the winter time as always you know that's the best way to go get it those five-star reviews are the just the biggest thanks you can give me really just unbelievable and if my thanks to you is the effort that i put in like the thanks in return is whoa okay so let me just take a quick breath okay let's get it we did catchers and first baseman now let's do second baseman and third baseman all right not exactly what you'd think and second base is another really great spot to mix it up where adp really tends to track roto and i think they could get you in trouble maybe one guy maybe if there's one guy who we think could just volume his way through it all it would be marcus simeon but when i see the potential for low average the 304 obp last year seven percent walk rate it just doesn't pay at the price, right? Because again, generally head-to-head is usually 12 teams where I, as a conservative player, admittedly, I generally become more risky because of the rate of replacement. So where I don't want to reach for any guy, especially a guy that's not on base all the time, right? That kind of making those things my tenant. Again, the running theme is the formula. So I know people love Simeon and points for the volume, which I understand. Albies is next. You can have him all day. I just don't want to get tangled into that with the line of placement stuff. The guy you really want to be looking at, of course, is Jose Altuve on base machine, pull machine, just doing everything. That lineup is incredible. Then it really starts to get a little bit risky. In the middle there with like Jazz, you get to Edmund, even Glaber Torres. I've been in the next level there i like andre menez menez is getting pulled up in roto and now he's getting pulled up in points and i thought he wasn't i thought people were just going to not buying it i tend to like andre menez but i'm also not going to pay a premium i'm probably punting back beyond like your low beyond your muncie and you know this is where it can kind of get ugly i've been finding i've been finding this is, it is kind of ugly is going either with like a cronenworth like a glue guy 
if you're not buying the India thing, I've been finding I really like Jonathan India, but people are not buying what I'm selling because I guess a lot of my argument comes down to last year being a throwaway year, and a lot of people don't want to hear that. Uh, the disciplinary stats were still there, so like the plate approach was still good. He just really suffered. He's found balls in his hands and his legs all every week, missed a ton of time. So I've been finding that's where I'm going because, like, you know, Cronenworth smack in the middle of that lineup, playing every day. 684 plate appearances last year, 176 runs plus ribbies, 333 OBPs getting it done. So India may be a bit of a risk, although I'm not sure if it really feels like too much of an upside play, except for the Great America ballpark boost. I tend to like, though he's hard to draft a starter, Vaughn Grissom. He's going to be playing short, but he has second base eligibility ever because he's a second baseman. So I've been liking Vaughn Grissom. People really like that, and we know we're getting the upside, and that's where I was getting at when I talk about being risky. Guy want Vaughn Grissom because he could pop off. And I can always get, like, one of the guys that are left over. Like, you know, LeMahieu and Arreyes. And, I, again, you know, we have a guy like McNeil who's OBP God. You know, he might get drafted people on him. Maybe a guy like Donovan, Brendan Donovan, going to play every day. He had a sick OBP. People just kind of hand wave him away because it's not really sexy. But, importantly, he's fantastic. So, again, stylistically, I'd rather reach, reach, reach if it fails, right? If Grissom falls on his face defensively, then I'll go get the vanilla ice cream. But I don't want to shot from vanilla ice cream in 12 team drafts all right so third base i think third base kind of reflects the roto landscape because again it's it's not very good so i feel like it's top heavy and after that you're kind of on your own you know there's there's not much jose ramirez of course you know where the average can fluctuate the OBP is usually pretty good bobby witt again bobby witt's probably probably the guy that I love the most in Roto that dislike the most in head-to-head leagues. You know, like, I really like him in Roto. I think he could steal 40 bases. I really think we're going to get like a 25-40 season. But what if you, the OBP is where it was? I don't think it's going to be 294. Let's say it's like 315 or something. You do a lot better than that where you have to purchase him, right? Where you have to draft him. So what you forget about it, then it's Machado, Devers, Riley. Oh, yes, all of it. Get You could reach... You could reach for those guys, right? I haven't mentioned going, like, looking to acquire offense yet. I think at third base, I think you go to reach to acquire it because of the, you know, the disparity, again, between the top and the bottom, right? The way that it falls off that lollipop where all the candy is at the top, and then at the bottom, you get nothing but the stick, if you know what I'm saying. There's a bit in the middle there. Arenado and Bregman, don't fall for those ADPs. Those guys are going to be getting pushed up. The right second, those other third basemen are gone and going. Arenado, Bregman will not be far behind. Mark my words. Gunnar Henderson is an interesting pick. I, I don't know. Someone always seems to like him more than I do. But the OBP was really good. And the play skills, you know, they struck out a bit too much, but it's the first time in major leagues. So like a 26% K is much like, ugh. He came in a 12% walk rate. You know, 10% swing strike rate. 23% chase rate. Like, those are really good numbers. So you see where you got to be careful. I've heard people quote the strikeout rate, but the underlying stuff is there. I think Gunnar Henderson's going to be fine. And I think he's probably the buoy, right, the oasis that you're looking for. The thing is, though, I've seen him go with, like, Bregman, and that I'm not interested in. You want Alex Bregman. Listen, Bregman is awesome. Again, Alex Bregman is really good. The play skills are phenomenal. He just, I don't know, people are not hearing it. Maybe the fall-off, maybe the cheating stuff. Last year, 366 OBP for Bregman, 93 and 93 runs and ribbies. That's a buck 86 together. Yeah, 23 home runs a bit low, but he had 34 doubles, which you get rewarded for in H2H. 12% walk to 
12% K, I'm sorry, 13% walk. Again, just these elite, elite approaches. 350X Woba, all the really great stuff you want to see. I think he's one of the chase rate leaders in the league. The number is below 23%. So Alex Bregman is just awesome as far as plate approach, skills, right, the context. And if you're like a value guy, he's probably the value guy. I don't think he's quite on the same level as Austin Riley, Devers, and Machado. Like, it's funny, right? Third base gets kind of dinged for not being good. Like, I always said it myself. The cream of the crop, yeah, is fantastic. You know, those guys are, I've used the word before, they're determinative. And I'm especially in this age of something I just covered at the athletic, um, doing a pitching uh, and hitting primer. But I've just been covering power right before we get into all the granular stuff. I want to set the table for the people that have been drafting, like I have, you know, 85 underdogs in the river. It's ridiculous. Set the table to show you where power is kind of dissipated, right? I think we had 23, 30 home run guys. So I think those are three of them right there, right? So for the the bats we're actually reaching for, you got to be getting not just home runs, but you want to get OBP as well. So third base after that, like I said, you're kind of on your own because the players that I even like otherwise, Cabrian Hayes, low OBP guy, you know, I mean, even Miranda's not a great OBP guy. Josh Rojas is an OBP guy, but I don't think he's a play every day. Alec Baum, who I like, is not really a big OBP guy, though he's looking great with the stick right now. Maybe he's an interesting buy, right buy for the for the big pop. Hadn't really thought about him, but as the spring is progressing, he's looking better and better. You know, maybe that is a late answer. But again, it's not really certain the guys I've been looking at. I was looking at Yandy Diaz, so everything collapses. But again, see, I, I don't like to give advice that I can't apply and like that I don't use myself. So at the open, I'm telling you to stack pitchers that are good enough to be in a rotation where you got to get those early, particularly in point leagues, right? Pitcher gets pushed up generally. So where who are these hitters? Who are these on-base guys? You know, who are these on-base hitters that we're going to be able to get late? Well, there's a few of them, right? Uh, Yanni Diaz and Brandon Donovan, right? That's that's the kind of player that we really want. Jeff McNeil, Luis Rice even. You know, like, I, I, that's, I think, how you win point league strategically is with kind of boring guys that get overlooked in Roto and all the big magazines because they don't hit home runs, but are constantly on-base and constantly giving you the 14 to 18 point floor every single week. And then they spike up, but very rarely do they go below, right? Very rarely does a player like Yandy Diaz, you know, kind of bottom out because, you know, you're getting that full point. Like I said, you know, you're getting that reward. So third, um, third base and shortstop. Okay, so third, third base is good. Did we do, oh man, I'm like losing my mind now. Because I got lost in my spreadsheet. Sorry, everybody. The sheet, the sheet took over. I guess yeah, I was rambling because I thought I had time, not realizing that we got to do shortstops really quick. Well, I think shortstops really do play out in the same way. Again, I'm letting people get the Turners, the Bichettes, and the Lindors. Now, unlike the other positions where I'm saying, like, not say fade them, but you're not reaching for those guys. Listen, you're not going to get any argument me adding Turner. Bichette, Lindor, because of the surrounding context. If you're going to push up for those guys, it's got to be max PAs that stem from very good offenses that are going to turn over that lineup, right? So there's other ways to fill the floor. That's a good way to do it. 
the sex machine that we love so much, O'Neill Cruz. I'm trying to, I'm on the fence about to keep me at 233 batting average, 294 OBP. But that stuff really wasn't a, a problem for him in the minor leagues. I might take the whirl on him again because if you have to try to trade, drop him or try and trade him, maybe you could just fill it in later. A lot of vanilla ice cream in the middle. And then where I'm kind of shopping is. Wanda Franco, Carlos Correa. Those are the guys that I was kind of looking for. More pure hit tools and guys, again, they get overlooked in Roto. Correa because he doesn't steal enough bases. And Wanda Franco because he might be missing the Roto juice, the steals and the home runs. I think that's where I'm shopping. I, I probably got to get over Xander Bogarts. I'm kind of doing the same thing because he doesn't have the Roto juice. And I guess with the average in the PAs, he just always seems to go before I'm ready. I love Willie Adamas. Be careful with him because of the low OBP potential. He could really sting you. You know, he's a perfect example of a guy that people chase that maybe they shouldn't. Jeremy Pena, those numbers are off the page to the downside. I think that returns. But Correa for the price is really excellent. And then my drop back is going to be the Yankee pop shortstop. Right, it's going to be Oswald Cabrera who showed really a ton of play approach skills and stuff. And again, being the shortstop for the Yankees is a, is a great place to be. It's a fantastic piece of real estate to have your flag in if you really get boxed out. Because then the idea is, well, if you really get boxed out of shortstop and you have to go back, you really might be able to get your hands on like Nico Horner, maybe somebody like that. I mean, it's, it's definitely possible because once you start getting to like, you know, shortstop 17, 18, you might be able to land on Tyro Estrada and kind of patchwork it together. So don't be afraid to shoot for the upside, right? If you got like, you know, O'Neill Cruz and Oswald Cabrera, maybe, maybe again, providing Cabrera starting if you draft him before opening day, of course. Cabrera's even better pick before the lineups come out because once it's announced, he made the team. I'm not saying it is, but if he does, that ADP goes skyrocketing and you want to be in him before. And if he does make it, he's an easy drop, and then you can go fill with the vanilla, right? So look to fill your shopping cart with vanilla ice cream at the very end with OBP guys, right? All right, let's take one more quick break. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Mayo Media Network. All the ladies and gentlemen working so very hard here, bringing you so much good content. You know, I'm God. I wish I understood more about golf. Like I want, I want to get on golf, and I, I don't really understand it enough to. But it is kind of fun to get those long odd stuff. But right now, I am really kind of getting away from sports betting in general. Right, football is done, but preparing the the deep breath before the plunge. Right, as baseball begins to take off and I really come into my own. So, all right, one big breath for the big man. All righty, let's get it with these outfielders. How many I tried? To, I, can't even, I can't even count the two people, right? I almost forgot shortstops. How could you forget shortstops? You don't want to be doing that. But I, I, I do tend to, okay, this, I really do tend to kind of push off offense. Also, I found, and that's to do with the high level of replacement, in particular with people that have tied draft capital to hitters, they're, you know, more reticent dropping them. They want to drop them. They want to hold on to them and reap the reward, which makes sense. But they kind of get handcuffed to adding, you know, spec hitters in the beginning. And I know I said not to leave. I don't really leave room on my bench. You can always make room for one. And I think you should, depending on how your lineup plays out, right? But I keep finding nobody wants Andy Diaz. Nobody wants Brendan Donovan. They just don't want these guys. And you're giving me position eligibility and everyday play and all this on-base stuff, which, again, is not just a floor, but it opens the ability for you to be drafting pitchers in the first, like, eight rounds. So you are just killing them, killing them with starting pitching. 
which is how I like to do it. All right, let's do the outfielders really quick now. I think the big takeaway here is high stakes roto is five outfielders, generally H2H is three. I know a lot of people play with extra UTs, like I do also, an extra UT. So depending, I think that is going to have to shape your, uh, your outfield strategy. Sorry for the um. If it's five, I'm not leaving like the third round without an outfielder. It's really difficult. You know, pitching strategies be damned. In a three outfielder, you can let it ride, man. You can let it rip. Because I particularly have a good feel for this player pool, right? Being involved in all these NFC draft champions and drafted holds. 50 round, 5 0, 50 rounds, 15 teams, you know. You're going seven fitted deep. You better know that player pool because uh, I bet your ass the other people in the room do. So part of why I love those games to really get familiar. But as you learn the back of the player pool, it should shape how you feel at the front. And there are a lot of really good spec outfielders out there. A lot of really good spec outfielders. Some of them are starting to show their stripes a bit. Right, Garrett Mitchell in Milwaukee with Tyrone Taylor down. I really like him. My boy Jared Keldick looking awesome right now. Awesome right now. So there, there are some late outfielders. Let's start at the very tippity, tippity, tippity top. Make sure, please, people, make sure if you're playing in point leagues, head to head that Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, is, should I wrote this, should be the 1.00. Like, draft him on the bus on the way. You don't even wait for your pick to be up. You start writing the word Judge you know, on your forehead. Make him the number one player. Ignore everything else. Aaron Judge is the number one player. By a mile, he led the league and everything. Then after that, you know, it, it is it is tough. My number two was really Soto. My number three was Jordan Alvarez. I started to worry about the injuries. Looks like Soto is going to be just fine. Alvarez, I am worried. You're hearing it here. I'm worried. I'll tell you why. The hand is an issue, and we saw it blow up his August. Stunk in August. Listen, I love him. He's one of the best hitters on the planet. But it's a fact. What bothers me is the months of rest. Didn't do it like he still can't. It's not even like he's swinging. He's did, he wasn't swinging, and even after months of rest, was suffering enough to not be able to swing. They're saying he should start swinging next week. They're hoping. I don't know, man. You get a hand surgery. You take a hand surgery before this guy gets a, a, a plate appearance. You know, you're probably lost. So, much as I love Jordan, yeah, I'm letting him slide. Uh, if he even if he starts playing spring training games, you can put him back. Then I don't know how to predict injuries, so I'm not trying to say that. But when guys are too hurt to swing, I feel like I could say they're too hurt to draft. So it's Judge, Soto, Jordan, should be Trout right after that. Then Otani, Acuna, Julio. Mookie Betts, then Kyle Tucker. Right, Looking at OBP, context, line of placement, surrounding. Then you kind of get this pocket of outfielders that are roto guys. Right? It's players looking to clean up the missing steals they didn't get in the beginning. A Rosa Reno, Louis Robert. I know that for a fact because I listened to the pronunciation guy. Louis Robert. Take that one to the bank. Dalton Varsho, Cedric Mullins, Adelise Garcia. Oh, man, I'm starting to fall in love with Garcia. He's pulling a ton of balls. Maybe the average could come back a little bit. And you know the counting stats are there. He's very, very toolsy, super exciting, very big pop guy, right? So I think. Maybe that's a reason, right? He's one of kind of a reach guy, but if you're passing on him for the low MVP, you got no arguments from me. To Schwarber, who I think 
I think the boost in the average I'm expecting from the lack of the shift is going to get his OBP to where he's viable. I love Kyle Schwarber this year. Again, determinative power. He's one of the guys that could hit 30 to 40 home runs in his sleep. Not a lot of people are doing that. 23 home runs, 23 players last year hit 30. 23. 12-team leads. Not even two for each team. What if someone has three? Someone's down to one, you know, and keep going with that. So I want Kyle Schwarber. Carroll, I think, is going to be awesome, man. He really is. I'm just falling in love with this kid. You know, be careful using last year's numbers. They're kind of limited, right? 115 plate appearances is not enough. Then I think Eloy, Springer, and Reynolds is where we get another pop again, right? We're like, it's funny how the clumps of outfielders kind of represent these things. So I put that clump ahead. For me, it's that, that Eloy, Springer, and Brian Reynolds tier. They're all pretty equal before the Bryant, Quan, Yelich, all these guys are totally viable. So you can see where I'm going. I'm probably not touching the first round guys, like at all. Because if I'm in the first round, I want the dope ace pitcher. And then I'm just looking beyond. Because the you know Judge, Soto, and Alvarez can be gone. I don't want a Rosarino, Robert, Farshaw, Mullins, Garcia. I don't want those guys knowing that I probably have to make a spot you know, in the middle somewhere where I'm going to double tap a Eloy and Springer, Reynolds, Chris Bryant. I think Castellanos backs back. Stephen Kwan, point league hero. Yelich, Taylor Ward also, I think I want to wrap that up with. And then it's like I have Ian Happ circled, Benintendi circled, and then it's like, man, I don't know. Then you're playing with fire, you know, because the vanilla guys in the outfield still tend to get drafted because, I mean, people are onto them, right? You know, so like Nimmo, Kana, Meadows, these guys are all 350 OBP guys. Winker, 350 OBP guy. But you're going to pay for it. So I'm digging the pocket in the middle. So my pocket A, right, give me that pocket A, is where I think we should be targeting. Give me one of Eloy Springer Reynolds. Give me one of Bryant, Quan, and Yelich. And then I'm really circling like Taylor Ward, Ian Happ, Benintendi, JD Martinez are probably the guys I have circled to round out, right? I'm trying to give you guys that are going later. And then I mentioned at the very end, I like Garrett Mitchell, I like Jared Kelnick, you know, so the outfielders. Kind of going like T.J. Friedel on the Reds. It's just like T.J. Friedel's going like a, oh, 125 picks outside of that realm. But when you play these deep leagues, sometimes you find gems. And again, he, if he's going to hit first or second for the Reds, running theme, Brady Baker ballpark. You know, we saw he's got on-base skills out the wazoo. We've seen power. We've seen speed. Maybe a healthy Reds team is not as bad as we think they're going to be. You know, so anyway, I'm not saying I'm really drafting friendly, but, you know, Friedel would be a last-round pick. I'm just saying, though, guys... Very, very last round. So I think that does it. We got to definitely get out of here. But hopefully we did each position with names of who to boost, names of who to kind of push back, and then a little bit of general strategy. So I'm pretty happy about all that. Rate, review, and subscribe. I think we earned it this time, baby. You know, because those things matter. Hat tip to all the men and women in the back stage. Appreciate you on the back end there. Maddie and the boys and Patty Mayo, as always, my favorite conduit all right love you all thank you for picking up what we're putting down here at cork stats on a mayo media net five-star reviews is the compliment the tutti compliment and remember when you work this hard it feels a lot less like luck yo peace